this morning we're kind of picking up where we finished on Friday uh, in our Good Friday service. So for those who weren't there, I'm going to do like a 30-second recap. I'm not going to do the whole lot again, just for those who have already heard it. But we talked about how uh, that phrase was used in the, in the video, going all in. Jesus went all in for us. When it comes to the cross, Jesus gave everything. He went all in in his commitment, his willingness his choice, his love for us, it was 100%. It wasn't held back in any way. Jesus went all in in the idea of his suffering, both spiritually and physically. On the cross, he, he, he suffered physically. It was not a relaxing spa day. He suffered physically. But at the same time, for the first time in eternity, and the only time in eternity, Jesus was separated from God the Father. Because the sin of the world, let's make it a little bit more personal, our sin, the sin that we have committed in our lives was poured onto Jesus. And yet Jesus chose that pathway. He did not, he was determined to get to the cross for our sake. And so with that in mind um, and, and remembering that video and, and, and how we, we look at Friday and, and today we, we celebrate the risen Saviour and, and again, sometimes we might get into a point that we sort of observe that from far away. And so today I want to focus us in a little bit. If, if Jesus did that, what does it mean for us then? Like what, what, is, what does it change for us? If, if Jesus went 100% in, he was committed to us, what is our response to that? And today I want to look at a number of different responses that we could have. Maybe you haven't done all these responses. I think looking at these, I probably have done most of them for a period of time in my life. Maybe not a long time with some of them, but there's been most of these responses I've seen in my own life over the years that I've walked with God or maybe haven't walked with God closely. I want to just look at Hebrews 12.3. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that he will not grow weary and lose heart. So first of all, we have the so what response. Um, and, and so in that, basically what happens is we have this idea where we've seen God go to the cross, we've read the stories, we've heard it all before, and we kind of go, so what? So what? What does that mean to me if, if, if Jesus went to the cross? Isn't that just a religious thing? I want to live my life. And we live it kind of independently to God. We never really engage with the story. We never really engage in, in what he is wanting us to do. And so this so what response can be something that we, we get to the point where we are not being sort of, sort of considering what God is wanting to do at all. We, we get to the point where my life is my life. I'm the only one in charge of it. I make things happen in my life. I'm responsible for everything. Unless something goes really wrong and then I might want to blame God for it. But I'm not going to consider what God has done at all. And we kind of ignore the cross altogether. I, I, for me, that's hard to believe, but like... It happens every year in Australia. We flood the shops with chocolate. Chocolate that is actually more expensive to buy in the shape of an Easter egg than it is to get normally. 
Yeah, yeah. Have you ever realized that they they shape it like an empty an empty egg, and you don't get as much following that. But that becomes a focus. Eggs, chocolate, lollies, and it's even got to the point now that. Easter has become a little bit like Christmas in the sense that, well, Easter eggs have got to have a gift that goes with it as well. So we'll have a car that comes with an Easter egg or a truck that comes with an Easter egg or socks that come with an Easter egg. And so all of a sudden, the cross is forgotten. And our response is, so what? I'm just going to keep on living my life. The thing is, when we do that, we, we forget Good Friday altogether. Might as well cancel the public holiday, everyone go to work. Now, if you did that, you'd get some attention. If you cancelled the public holiday, then people would be upset. But the fact that Jesus died for our sins, the things that we had done wrong, we're not happy with. Another response we have when we, when we look at the cross, we want to follow when it's favourable. Follow when it's favourable. What I mean by that is sometimes it's, it's convenient to follow God. It's something that we want to do. Um, it fits in with our lifestyle. We're, we're not too busy doing other things. There's actually nothing else we want to do instead of. So we're happy. We're happy to, to come to church. We're happy to, to be obedient to God. We're happy to give thanks to God. But there are times of life when it's not favourable. Maybe we've got other things on our plate. Maybe we're too busy. Maybe we sort of, we, we, we actually want to pursue different things and, 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 and they're things that maybe God doesn't want for us. And so I've got to kind of ignore God a little bit so I can live my life my way. And Matthew 16, 25 says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, then you will save it. And I think we kind of reverse that verse. We kind of go, if I pursue the life that I want, that's when I'll get it. And so I'll follow God when it fits into my plans. I'll, I'll, I'll go, yeah, there is a God. Some of you might sort of go, there is a God out there. And I'll kind of recognize that there is a God out there somewhere. But like, again, it's not going to impact the way I want to live my life. And the thing is, in this, we, we have this idea that this... Life is, is about my direction, my steps. And, and so we become this world full of individuals trying to achieve what I want to achieve when I want to achieve it. And, and you can see the state of the world because of that. So not only do we follow when it's favorable, we also get another response that we have to the cross of Christ is we actually then, if we're going to talk about commitment, I'm going to look at my commitment compared to others because that's that's what I I can I can achieve good things when I compare my commitment to others I've been at church every day for the last 17 years haven't missed a day snow sleet if it's snowing or sleeting in Rockhampton you are definitely in the wrong place um it, it kind of freaked people out when COVID hit because like how do I show my commitment to God if I can't show up for church every week like well, what would I do? Like all of a sudden my perfect track record is gone. Or maybe we can compare how, how good of a Christian I am by how much money I give. Or how many good deeds I do. How much recognition for those good deeds that I do. 
And, and the thing is, it's not that hard to look around at the externals of what other people do and go, do you know what? I am better than that person. I am better than that person. I'm better than that person. And as soon as you do that, where they've got this inner thing that happens is our pride comes to the top. And God said, pride's not a good thing either. We actually crash down to the bottom again. But, but what we have is when we start to compare people with others, like when we're actually doing the wrong comparison. Because as I said, Jesus went all in, 100% committed through his love, his choice, his willingness, his suffering. And so if we want to compare our commitment, our commitment has actually got to be compared to the commitment of Christ. And all of a sudden, yeah, that brings a grimace to our face because we kind of go, oh, there are some days we're lucky to get the 10% commitment. Like, uh, don't you agree? Like, some days you go, oh, yeah, like the thoughts I've had, the words I've said, the actions I've shown, it doesn't show to me to be a follower of Christ whatsoever. Some days we're sort of happy we get to 60% and go, I am committed. Again, not compared to Christ. When we compare our lives to Christ and we go, oh God, this is, this is what I'm offering you. Look at how good I am. If God was mean, and I'm glad he's not, but if God was mean, he would go, okay, 100% commitment from me. You had 50% yesterday, 30 the day before. Um, I don't even know if you'd showed up on Wednesday and, that, and it goes on. And all of a sudden we would be reminded about our failings. And so the issue is not to compare ourselves to others who are seeking to follow God or those who aren't following God at all. It is about to respond to God's commitment to us. So if our response to God's actions towards us is to compare ourselves to others, we're doing the wrong thing. For some of us, maybe this is our, certain people have this personality, I think we all do it at times, is that our response to Christ's actions on the cross, when Jesus went all in, we went, I'm going to pay back what I owe. I'm going to pay back what I owe. Like some of us don't like being in debt to anyone. Anyone here is a, who's a Christmas present re-giver. What I mean by that is someone gives you a present, you've got to go get them a present then. You can't just receive a gift. You've got to go equal it out, something to an equal value, equal size, whatever, equal number of presents. And so you hate if someone on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day gives you a present because you've got nowhere to go on that day to go and if you do it after Christmas, you're really waiting for the next year. And so some of us like we 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 live in a state of we've got to constantly pay back others. And so we do that with God. Well, God, yes, you did so much for me. Let me work off my debt. Let me work off the things that I've done. Let me sort of live a life of committed duty and that will put a pay down my debt and that'll make me better than other Christians. We kind of go back to the other one as well. My duty, my commitment is sort of puts me up here with God. The problem is we don't realize how big our debt is. Like it's, it's, it's not like a 30-year loan. It's a millennium loan. It's, it's a million years of debt that we owe before God. Romans 3.23 puts it this way. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So the thing that we have that separates us from God, the payment is death. 
There is no life involved in it. It is done. And I don't know how you live in a way that you'll pay that off. The problem is when we have this response to the cross where we want to pay back what I owe, one, we underestimate our debt. We underestimate how big it is. And so when we realize how much we are in debt to God, again, it should produce a response going, God, your grace is so amazing. I do not deserve this. And maybe we then go, God, because of what you've done, then I will follow you with all I have. But the problem is we underestimate our debt and we undervalue the price that Christ paid. Because the thing is, if we, if we undervalue our, our, our um, un- underestimate our debt, we kind of go, I'm not that much of a bad person. Again, I've, I've met people who go, I'm a good person, and so therefore I should get to heaven. But all of us, all of us have probably broken all the Ten Commandments. You go, oh, wait a second, I haven't, I haven't murdered anyone. Well, Jesus said, if you look at someone in anger, you are committing murder. Well, that's raising the bar a bit too high, Jesus. Some of you killed people driving to church today. Someone cut in front of you and all the lights stayed on too long and you got angry. According to Jesus, you've, you've killed that driver. You've killed that old lady behind the vehicle in front of you. Some of you may have been following other people to church and you've killed them before you even got here. That's, that's, the, that's the sin that's in our heart. Let's let alone like lying. Oh, I don't lie. You just did. I, 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 don't, I don't lie. I don't, I don't. And then we sort of talk about stealing and greed and lust and having desires for things that are not ours, wanting what other people have. The corruption of our soul before Jesus was complete. That was the real value. That's the, that's the real estimation of our sin. And when Christ died on the cross, he died so he could cover all sin and all penalty of sin. And so, yeah, sometimes we have the option where we have the response, we want to pay back God for what I've done or for what I, I owe him. Some of us, we think we can get a little bit smart with God. God, yes, I want to be obedient to you. I've just got a few ideas. And so we put our plans before God and we want, God, these are good plans. I've thought them through. I've actually got all the dot points down. I've got all the steps in place. I've got all the timing done. All I need you to do is rubber stamp it and make it happen. And I know you can, God. You're all powerful. Amen. Like we, we kind of, we want to look to God and say, bless my life and bless my plans. Now, I think that would be great. I really do. I really think it would be great if, because there are, there are plans that I've had this year, this past week, where I wish God had just rubber stamped it. There are plans that I've had in, in the decades that I've been alive where I've gone, God, I wish you had rubber stamped it. But the thing is, some of those plans I wanted God to rubber stamp would have dissolved other plans that God had for me that I'm thankful for. I could have got a job somewhere else. I could have met someone else. I could have all these different things. And if I pursued the things that I wanted, 
God's plans don't become my plans. See, there's a switch here. Instead of saying, God, here are my plans, make them happen. It's more we need to go before God. Here is my empty diary. God, you fill it up. And some of you are going, my diary's not empty, it's full. And that may be part of the problem then. Luke 9, 23. And then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, just go to church on Sunday and give heaps of money and I will bless you for the rest of your life. Wish it said that, but it doesn't. If any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, just for those who want to understand this, Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. And so he was using something that would make sense in the future to describe to, describe to the, the disciples what it means to follow God. So, Because what does a cross do? In those times, all that a cross did was kill people. And so Jesus used this, this, this idea with his disciples saying, you must give up your own way. You must die to yourself and follow me. And if that's the way that we're going to sort of connect with God and receive from God and, and actually respond to God with 100% commitment, then this idea of blessing our lives and our plans doesn't work. In fact, all these responses don't work the way that God wants them to do. Sometimes we have, we get a little bit of God and God wants us to get a, give us a lot of him or all of him. And we don't want to receive it because we want to sort of go through. We want to pay back what we want. We want to base our commitment compared to others. And that means if other people around us step up their commitment, well, we've just got to go a little bit more. And so in Australia, we, we, we actually prefer going the other way where we want to drag people down to our level. And so you don't have to actually sort of extend yourself too far when it comes to following Christ because you just got to look around at other people. We've just got to keep it, keep it level. No one get crazy. No one sort of go out and love too many people. Don't go out sort of giving away all your gear to the poor and helping them out. Don't, don't sort of talk about Jesus all the time. Stay calm, everyone. Don't go crazy. Let's just keep it calm. And that's when we compare our commitment to others. Or we follow when it's favourable. Or we ignore the cross altogether. All those responses won't allow us to follow God the way we want. I think there's only one way where we can respond to God in kind. What I mean by that, Jesus went all in for us. The cross, in the cross, he held nothing back. He surrendered himself to that path, which is what we have to do. We have to talk about my surrender, our surrender. And surrender is one of these things that often we sort of talk about surrender and and losing. If there's two armies fighting against each other, the army that surrenders has lost. And so sometimes we see that when it comes to God. When I surrender to God, I'm losing no, 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 that doesn't, it's not, doesn't work that way with God because when we surrender to the will of God, we're actually, we are on the losing team. When we surrender, we are going on to the winning team. We find victory, we find life, we find hope, we find grace, we find peace, we find joy. Surrender becomes a way that we can be 100% committed or 100% surrendered to God and his plans for our lives. 
Hebrews 12.1, which was read earlier, says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. All the things that grab a hold of us in life that take us away from following God. Some of us, we, we allow ourselves to be trapped so easily. We're like a kid walking into a toy store. Eyes go everywhere. And we, we go into life the same way and Jesus is right in front of us and our, and our attention is grabbed by every other little thing. And those things are not, some of them are not bad in themselves, but they take us away from Jesus who has gone 100% all in for each one of us. I want to read from Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord. That's actually been a... What, what did we say this week, kids? Trust. Okay, come on. Okay, all the kids listening up. Okay, we trust. That's it. That's it. There's an action that goes with it too, like a train. Trust Jesus. And so this verse is, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So what, is, what does that mean? Trust in God with everything you have. Well, that is surrender. When you trust God first and foremost about where your life would going to go, where your family is going to go, how your marriage is going to go, what job you're going to work. When you trust God with everything, you are surrendering everything to God and saying, God, you committed yourself to me 100%. I'm going to sort of put my life into your hands and I want you to direct it and guide it as you see fit. That's what it means to trust in God. Like we, we think trusting in God is like, like a lot less than that. That's what it means to trust in God. And do not lean on your own understanding. What the proverb writer is saying here, and the Bible does this a lot and we don't realise it because we go, the Bible's a nice book. The Bible speaks nicely about it. The Bible's being very nice about it, saying your understanding and your wisdom is no good. If, if you're going to trust in your own understanding... You're not going to trust in me. You're not going to sort of, you, you're going to sort of lean on something that is false. And so it says, do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Which means we, we use this word in church sometimes. We say, Jesus is Lord. Now, we've got to, sometimes we just say it, we don't actually mean it. We kind of just, comes off the tongue, we move on. But when we say Jesus is Lord, we're saying, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. That means I'm actually saying you are in control. You have the right to direct me and guide me. Again, it actually infers to this idea that we have surrendered our lives and our will to God. And again, it's not a weak thing. It's not a, a I've lost thing. It is, God, you are way better. You know what is best for my life. And I am being really, really intelligent when I trust and make you Lord of my life. That, that's what it means. And so... Um, when we acknowledge him in all our ways, it means all of our life comes under the lordship of Christ. Again, we are surrendered to him and he will make our path straight. Now again, this idea of walking with God is, is that God will make the path we need to walk clear. I think Bert, was, Bert or Alison was sharing me on Friday. They've just been to Carnarvon Gorge and they're talking about a track that they had to follow. And they got to the end of a part of the track and all of it says, just keep on going, it's easy to follow. And all you can see is rocks 
everywhere. And like the track wasn't obvious anymore, but they said it was. The thing is, that's what life can be like at times without Christ leading us. All of a sudden, the way that we're meant to be going, the, man, the way that we're meant to be walking gets confused, gets lost in the mix of things. And, and Jesus says, if you let me be Lord of your life, if you surrender to me, the way that I surrendered to the cross so to make this possible, then I will make your path straight. See, the thing is, when it comes to our response to Christ's commitment to us, we have a choice here. We do have a choice. We can, you can pick... Or, and one of the choices I've mentioned today, you can, you can ignore it altogether. You can kind of go, well, God, it's convenient right now to follow you. It fits in with my life. But when things change, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to follow through on that commitment. It could be the thing that you try and pay back the debt you owe or compare yourselves to others and go, do you know what? I'm doing okay. I'm at least I'm better than those Christians over there. I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that this side is the bad side. I'm just, I'm, that's where my way my hands are going. This is like, these are guys are just as bad as you. Okay, let's, let's equal it out. But the thing is, we can compare ourselves to other Christians. We pay back our debt. We, we sort of live in a way where we say, God bless my life and my plans. Or we, we surrender. See, surrendering to God is 100% commitment to God. See, sometimes we think commitment to God is about working harder, sort of doing more, giving more, being more. No. If you want to have the same response to God as God has had to you, then what you need to do is surrender. Let him be Lord. Let Acknowledge him. Trust in him. And let him rule in your life. And so when we look to the cross and what Jesus has done, we are left with this question. Will I go all in as well? Will I go all in or will I take one of those other steps? And I pray today that you seriously think when you consider the cross, when you consider what Jesus has done for you and and for your life, that you would consider your response to him. And be challenged to surrender fully and let God take you on a journey in your life that you probably won't even imagine. Lord, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for your your great commitment to us and all that all that we see that you have done for us in that. Your love for us, your your willingness to to suffer for us, to to choose us in a committed way. And so, Lord, today, as, as we remember that, as we celebrate your victory over death, I pray that we would be willing to respond in kind to you, not by being committed by doing more or, 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 or like sort of raising our efforts, but actually surrendering our lives into your hands. It is a great act of trust, Lord, but you are a trustworthy God who has your best for us. So Lord, as we leave today, challenge us to respond clearly to your cross and your love and your commitment to us. We pray this in your name. 
Amen. 